Hi listeners, welcome to Grief Out Loud. Remember the last time you tried to talk about grief and suddenly everybody left the room? Grief Out Loud is opening up this often avoided conversation because grief is hard enough without having to go through it alone. We bring you a mix of personal stories, tips for supporting children, teens, and yourself, and interviews with professionals in the grief world. Platitude and cliche-free, we promise. Grief Out Loud is hosted by me, Jana DeCristofero, and produced by the Deggie Center for Grieving Children and Families in Portland, Oregon. In 2017, pop singer-songwriter Neil Davis was just about to release his recently recorded second album. In the middle of that plan, though, Neil's father died suddenly of cardiac arrest. This very unexpected death and devastating grief put all of his plans on hold, including those to release the album. Neil realized he needed time to process the reality of his father's death and to find a way back to his music. A few months ago, in March of 2019, Neil released a new single, Not Better, which explores the heartbreak of grief and the questions we're left with. Questions about goneness and what does the term better actually mean when it comes to grief. I'm waiting all this time to get better. Well, Neil, thank you so much for being on Grief Out Loud today. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me and um, for having this platform. Well, it's definitely an honor to be able to have conversations with people like you and, you know, other folks who just reach out to us with a story. Uh, Listeners, Neil is another one of our guests who came to us through our email. So if you're listening and you know someone who'd be a great story, just reach out to us for sure. And Neil, let's start like we kind of a tradition at Grief Out Loud to start with talking about the people that we're grieving. So tell us a little bit about your dad. Is there a particular story about him that you've been thinking of lately? Um, I just keep replaying like his, his laugh in my head. Like he just had this big, hearty, like jolly laugh that you could just hear from like out. If the windows were open, you would hear them from like outside the house, like his laughs. (laughs) So I've been hearing a lot of his laugh. I kind of been hearing his advice to me on certain things lately. I'm moving into like my second year after his passing. So I feel like I'm just now getting ba- getting to some of like the better parts, whereas before it was just hard to find good memories and stuff because I was just so like buried into like the grief. Is it kind of that sense of we hear a lot of people talk about when someone dies in the immediacy, like first month, six months, a year after all the only memories they have are, are of the death or of getting the news and it, it's harder to access uh, previous memories of positive times together. Yeah, because his passing was really abrupt and sudden. He passed of instant cardiac arrest. There were no like warnings. There was no like goodbyes. There was none of that. There was no preparation. Not that that helps either, but it was just so shocking that I think I dealt with shock for almost like the first year. Having to process that he was gone, I had to really 
understand that like he wasn't coming back and stuff like that. So like the first year of like the shock wearing off was, was definitely tough. And then I, I would say like now towards the end of the second year of his passing, like I'm just starting to, to like you said, like, like you asked me about like what I remember, like memories of him, like I'm starting to pick those up again. Um, and I think in the beginning, I was just, me and my family were just so devastated that, like, that's all we kind of had. You kind of have to take a minute and be like, okay, like, I can't forget all, all about them, like, as a person. I can't, this can't just be about me. Right, so moving from that place of just trying to make sense of the fact that he's gone, that this happened, into how do I continue to honor and remember him and, and who he was in my life. Yeah, for sure. When your dad died in 2017, you were just about to release an album. How did his death change that trajectory and your relationship to your music? Um, it it pretty much like changed everything. It it put like an a, an instant shock. I remember being at the hospital while he was unconscious, going through one thing by one thing, like canceling everything, and just being like, "Hey, I can't do this. Hey, we're canceling that show. Hey, we're canceling that show." Um, and just like putting a stop to everything, it changed the release date. That's for sure. But it also changed my passions for what I wanted to sing about for the next release. Even when I came back to the EP again, that I was going to release, I was like, you know what? It's just not totally relevant to where I'm at right now. So the songs are some of my favorites and I'm really proud of them, but I released not better, which is a single I put out in March just as a reflection of like that time period about losing my dad and like going through that grief. Yeah, the single that you mentioned, Not Better, uh, which listeners you heard at the the beginning of the show, that I listened to that song, I don't know, maybe like 20 times on repeat when you originally shared Thank it with you. me. It's, it's really meaningful. You can, I mean, the emotion is so tangible in that, in that single. And I just kept being struck by the the lyric that you repeat, the one, you know, waiting all this time to get better. And it makes me think about the relationship we develop with grief and maybe some of the uh, judgments or assessments or evaluations we have about our relationship with grief. How, what does that mean for you? Like, how does that play out for you? Basically, the lyric was a reflection of this day-to-day grief I was feeling that wasn't going away, that I was looking forward to going, I was looking forward to it going away like each day. And, um, it wasn't, it, I realized it's something you just kind of have to like kind of stand with. Part of the lyric was people saying like, you know, it's going to take time. It's going to take time. Like you'll get through it. It's going to take time. But So then I told myself that in the beginning. I was like, okay, I got this. Like, this is just going to take time. Even shortly after, I was like, okay, we're going to get through this. Like, I I got this. Like, you know, it's going to take this certain amount of time, and then I'm going to start to feel better. And it, it didn't. That line and the song was like my surrender, like at the piano, just being like, holy crap, like, this isn't getting better. And, and I feel not better, like in my bones, like in every part of my body. As I wrote that song, I was just like, not better. And singing it out loud was a way for me to like get it out of my system and get it out of my body. 
Is there a sense that the like the recognition, the acknowledgement, the acceptance of you know the day to day sort of drudgery of grief? Was there something about putting that into music that shifted it in some way? Yeah. After he passed, I actually wasn't able to write anything. Like I just felt very not inspired, didn't have anything to write, didn't have anything to say. And then one morning I sat at the piano and like had this reoccurring theme, this like these lines like over and over in my head. And then that's how I started writing the song. And But I didn't write it like a traditional song. Like I'm going to write a verse and then I'm going to write a chorus. Like I just mm. kind of sat there and like, started playing the chords and then like had these lines in my head already about him and the song just kind of came out. Yeah. It sounds like it came out sort of fully formed. Yeah. Is there a way in which, I mean, cause grief can sometimes be public grief can be private. It's usually a mix of the two with, with taking your internal experience, putting it into this music, putting that out into the world. What effect has it had on how you interact with family and friends around your grief yeah it's definitely and I'm conscious of it too like I in the beginning didn't want to like go out much or do much because I was like oh well I'm gonna be the person that just lost their dad like I don't want people to feel like uncomfortable around me I don't want to be sad guy in the corner yeah yeah and like you have your good days of grief and like you're not so good days of grief. Like it hits you harder in certain days. So I'm, I'm conscious of like being around more people on my good days, probably. Interestingly enough, and sadly enough, at this stage that a lot of my friends are at, like a few of us have lost our parents already. Same with like my extended family members and cousins. And so we share that. Some of my best friends like recently lost their dad. So if anything, I think it brought us together you also learn who is going to be there for you. You know, your relationships change. Yeah, like it can be so surprising who is able to show up for you in grief. And then for those people who are able to show up, the strength of that relationship and the, the value that we have for those people. Yeah, it counts. Who sticks around after the funeral is like what really matters. And of course, like the support at a funeral counts too. But you're in such a blur. Really what mattered was my friends and family members that rescued me and my family in this way of like being such a, you know, shoulder to lean on and cry on or whatever, talk to on the phone at midnight or whatever it is. And Neil, I wanted to go back, you know, you mentioned that when your dad died, like your album went on hold, sort of the the things that you were needing to put your energy into or could put your energy were changing. And you know, we just talked a little bit about how relationships, the ones that grew stronger, are there other ways in which grief has shifted or changed the priorities you have for your life? Yeah, I think I'm learning them more and more. Things don't really matter that much, especially little things. They just don't matter. Silly things. I definitely am an overthinker as an artist too. Like I I don't know, just overthink things or like sometimes I'm hard on myself. And then I think after my dad's passing, I've just been like, okay, we don't have time for that. Like not today, <laughs> you know? So I think it's made me be a little bit more simplified in my life. It's made me just really look at like the important things and it's made me want 
things more that I've wanted before that like I wasn't as urgent about. I don't know. I feel like more of a purpose after that. After you see how quickly someone can go in a blink of an eye and that sparked this like urgency in me to be like, okay, life is really short and we don't even know like when we're going to pass and there's no warning sometimes. There's no countdown. So what do you really want to do? Like that's kind of where I've been like more so the past year. Yeah, just trying to enjoy like the fun, simple things. Yeah. You, so you mentioned music. Are there other like dreams that you have for your life that you're like, Ooh, I got to get moving on this because time is limited. Um, travel. I, I love to travel more, um, which could go hand in hand with music. I'd love to like just go to different countries I've never been to and like let go, like, I don't know, jump off a canyon into like water somewhere <laughs> and just like do fun things. Like I, I do as much as I can now, but you know, it definitely made me think like a little bit more like out of the box. Speaking of comfort zones, um, I'm very aware that Father's Day is coming up very quickly. And it's one of those holidays that can oftentimes be, you know, a bit of a hassle and a mess for people who are grieving. Um, what was your connection to that holiday with your dad growing up? And, and what do you remember about the approach of it last year? Cause it was the first father's day since your dad died. I remember last year we did go to the cemetery and I'm sure we'll, we're going to be doing again this year. It's so soon after his passing, like, even though it's been two years, it still feels very fresh that like every day feels like father's day. The holiday sucks but every day is kind of about them and then you try to like cope or like go through it so in a way I think we're gonna just keep his memory going and hopefully all get together you know with my family and spend the day in his memory but yeah, I appreciated what you said of it being like every day kind of feels like Father's Day. So at this point, you've had over 720 Father's Days since your exactly. dad died. <laughs> exactly. Do you have a Do you have a particular memory of of Father's Day with your dad growing up when you when he was alive? He was a huge cook. Like my dad is like this. Like he's this manly like handy like guy and then loved cooking and was the best cook he literally throws down could could cook better than anyone in my whole family we'd have it at our house a lot like he would cook and we would have like the rest of our family over and like my grandfather over who also recently passed maybe four months ago Mm. losing a lot of like pillar moment males in my family but um, that will change. That'll be definitely different. And at the holidays, especially like the bigger ones, feel that void more. That empty chair just feels emptier. And yeah, I always remember those, those holidays with him. And it was always a, just about family and fun and cooking and food and just like indulging. Like my family's Italian. So that's like, you know, that was like his passion I love that it's Father's Day and he was doing all the cooking. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. It, it's, yeah. Uh, you know, another lyric from your single, Not Better, uh, speaks to the wondering of, like, where is your dad now? I'm curious, how does his goneness and that wanting to know 
you know, where he is. How does that play out in your grief? So part of the song was me wondering what happens when this person passes, like curiosity about, okay, so they're not here. And like, that was my dad, but he's not here in an instance. So like, where do they go? And, you know, obviously everyone has their own take on it. But for me, like I put it out there in the single and I was just wondering, like, I wonder where you are and what you're doing. Because if, you know, I believe there is somewhere and I, I have gotten signs from him and that I'm curious about that world. Like, you know, what is it like? What are they doing? Are they interacting with like other family members? Like this curiosity that I was like, okay, well, if I'm getting these signs and I feel like he's still kind of around, where is he? And like, what is that? What is that about? What are some examples of those specific signs that you've received? I have been getting feathers a lot. Days after he passed, it started immediately. They're not like pigeons, feathers that are like from New York City that like have been through it, like underground on the subway. They're like these like white, beautiful feathers that are that will lay there and not move. Even if it's windy or rainy, they will just be at my feet like sometimes when I look down. And it happens a lot when I'm either going on like a meeting or having a show or doing something. Like I feel like they're like little bits of encouragement. His favorite colors are black and blue because his favorite soccer team from Italy, their colors are black and blue. So everything, his whole theme is black and blue. And on Mother's Day at the steps, leaving the house was a black and blue feather. Yeah, I love I love the idea of feathers that are not dirty New York pigeon feathers. I know, because then I would be like, well, that's common. Like, oh, it, it just flew off of like whatever. But I'll see like these just like clean, beautiful white feathers like placed perfectly like in front of me. So it was really interesting. Like I've gotten rainbows a lot. So I looked it up and it said they could be just like little hellos from the other side. The day he passed, he had a metal piece of N, like the letter N, in his pocket, which I thought was so weird because I'm like, why would he have that? I wasn't at the site the moment he passed. So like there was some like, oh my God, I wasn't there and blah, blah, blah. But then it was interesting. He had like the N with him, like in his pocket. I might, I mean, I also may say, may sound absolutely crazy, but you know what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm for it. Yeah, you're definitely not alone in, in seeing signs in the natural world and in the man-made world. And Yeah. Well, Neil, as we come to the end of our conversation today, I'm just, I'm so glad you reached out and that we could talk and you could be on the show today. I am too. Thank you so much. And thank you for having this platform for people that are going through this and that, you know, could come together as a community and relate. And listeners, you got to hear a little bit from Not Better earlier in the show, and you'll hear it again at the end here. Um, Neil, how else can people connect with you and your music? Um, So Not Better is available on all music platforms, so you can stream it or download it on iTunes or Spotify. Um, And you can connect with me personally um, on Instagram. It's Neil Davis Music. 
I'll be posting show dates on my official site, which is neildavismusic.com, along with new music, too, coming out this summer and into the fall. Great. Well, thank you again for being part of the show. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And listeners out there, thank you for being part of our community. We appreciate you tuning in and sharing the show with friends and family that you think might find it helpful. Um, We are produced here in Portland, Oregon, as part of the Dougie Center for Grieving Children, totally a nonprofit, community-funded organization. So if you ever find yourself drawn to helping to support the show, you can find us at dougy.org forward slash grief out loud, and you can hit the donate button there. Thanks for listening. Hope you'll join us again next time. I'm waiting all this time to get better. I'm waiting all this time to get better. I'm not better anymore. I wonder where you are and what you're doing. Just takes time